Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Happy Sunday evening, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage, and tonight we will continue the brand new series which we started last week on the book of Romans. As we go through our passage this evening, if you would like to join us in our conversation, or if you have questions or would like prayer, we have call screeners standing by, and they can be reached at 929-333-3739. So, Pastor Matt, we have two of our faithful uh, in our church with us again. They, they've they been on our panel before, and we also have a very special guest with us this evening. Mm-hmm. That's right. We have with us Tim and Kristen Stalkup, who are here in the city to preach the gospel, share Jesus Christ with others. And then we also have with them their daughter, Anna Faith. So, Anna Faith, welcome to our Heritage of Faith Conversations program tonight. Hi. <laughs> it is great to have you t- with us, Tim. God bless you. Great to be with you, Pastor. And Kristen, thank, thank you, you for joining us once yes. again. And and I don't in just a moment. But if were you are you, are you able to share a little bit about what's going on yes. in, with your ministry? Okay, just a second. But Anna Faith, how are you doing? How do you like living in New York City? Because you know our program tonight, we're going to really be talking about Paul's urban burden and his passion to bring the gospel to the city. How do you like living in New York City? Well, I like it very much. Okay, and now, while you've lived here, we have a track ministry on on Tuesday afternoons. We're in Grand Central Station. Yes. Maybe some of our listeners um, have met us there, you know, you. because every once in a while somebody say, oh, yeah, we listen to you on the radio. So those of you who are passing through Grand Central Station, if you're around there around 2 p.m. to 3.15 on Tuesdays, that's where you can find us. But, but Anna Faith, tell me now, what do you enjoy about the track ministry? Well, I enjoy handing out tracks because I want to see other people in heaven, and then I also want other people to have a good relationship with God. Amen. Mm, That is beautiful. And you know what? You do a great job passing out those tracks, Anna Faith. I see you sometimes singing. (laughs) And what else do you do when you pass out the tracks? Like quote the Bible, the the, the books of the Bible, things like that. Is that what you do? And sometimes do you read on the back of the track? Come to Heritage Baptist. Yes, yeah, sometimes you read the track, right? And people, people take a lot of tracks from you, don't they? Anna Faith. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're. That's because you're such a sweet girl, and uh, we thank God for your heart to minister. Well, brother Tim, tell us about what's going on over there on Atlantic Avenue. Absolutely, come join us. Uh, it's come, come visit us at the corner of Atlantic and Eldert in Woodhaven, Queens. This is just on the border of Brooklyn and Queens. And we're excited. God has opened up a, a door before us, an opportunity where we are the a, a new business in that neighborhood called the Stall Cups Talk Up. And this is a English school where uh, immigrants from all over uh, Queens and Brooklyn or anywhere within the boroughs can come and take a course in English. Uh, we are, are there to be a light in that neighborhood uh, and so we are helping people learn English, and we're using this as an opportunity 
uh, to build relationships with people in the community because primarily we are unashamedly Christians and we want to point people to Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. we know there are many people who who will not uh, come into a church. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a apprehension about who Christians are, what Christians believe, uh, but or, or what what yeah, exactly what what Christians believe. Yeah. But but we want to be able to be a testimony and to point people to Jesus Christ, even through this venue. My wife and I are certified instructors in ESL, in, in English as a second language, and so we would be glad to help anybody that you know that would like to learn English. And uh, we're starting yeah. courses uh, just this Tuesday. We've yeah. been uh, opening registration the past couple of weeks, and so we're excited about wow. uh, their first course starting just this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Praise God. A so vision has come to fruition yes, there the on Atlantic Avenue and Elder. So, dear friends, if you or anyone you know needs to learn English, hmm. contact Brother Tim Stalkup as he has this new great school called Stalkups. Is it Stalkup or plural? Uh, Stalkups. Uh, it's uh, apost- yeah. Stalkup apostrophe S. Stalkups Talkup. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> should, okay. should, should I offer my phone number? Is that yeah, all right? Yeah, you can, but, but just a moment. I just want to emphasize to our listeners, if you know anyone who needs to, to learn English but also needs to know about Jesus Christ. Amen. Because they're going to be teaching English, but they're going to be using God's Word in teaching English. That's one of Mm -hmm. the best ways to learn English is to learn the Bible. Mm. So if you know anyone like that, contact Tim Stalkup and, sure, give your information, website, phone number, your contact. Yes. Oh, you can find us at stalkupfamily.com. And our email is stalkupsnyc at gmail.com. The phone number is 347-738-1993. 347-738-1993. Yeah, that's, that's great. What did you say that website was again? Stallcupfamily.com. S-T-A-L-C-U-P family.com. Yes. That's easy. Okay, so listeners, go right there. Learn more about the Stallcups. Talk up there. And great to have you guys with us. Thank you, Tim. We're looking forward to being with you this evening. Thank you, Kristen. So let's go into the scripture tonight, Micah. We're going to read about Paul's urban burden, his urban, his attitude towards the city tonight, Romans chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 8 through 17 with a special guest scripture memory, Mm. not reading, but Reciting from memory and a faith on verse 16. Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. Brother Tim, start us off at verse 8, please. The Word of God says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in, in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I proposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles." I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Wonderful. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, Mm -hmm. the just shall live by faith. So, Brother Tim, lead us out in prayer as we start tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We praise you for who you are, and and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life to give us new life. And we thank you for this gospel message that we are not ashamed of because it is true and because it, it is the only message of eternal life. We praise you for that. Lord, I I pray that tonight we might clearly communicate the gospel that we're not ashamed of, uh, as we find in this passage. May we clearly communicate uh, the, uh, the urban burden that the Apostle Paul had, the burden for the city that he was the largest city in, in his area in his day. And, and Lord, we pray that, that we may all have that same burden. I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody listening that has not accepted the gospel, that they would even call in tonight and, and, and ask for more information about receiving this gospel message. And Lord, I pray that you would touch the hearts of young people across this city and across this nation who do know you as Savior, that that Lord, that you would give people a heart not just to flee from the city, but mm. to come to the city to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who are needing it. Heritage Baptist Church sponsors the broadcast on W. Micah, this passage of scripture. Yeah tells us really Paul's real burden Mm, mm -hmm. and attitude towards urban life and ministry in the first century. But it's easy to have an attitude towards lost souls Mm -hmm. like I had one night when I was trying to get a good night of sleep. Mm. (laughs) My wife kept waking me up. She woke me up. She said, Matthew, I hear a noise. And I I listened. I said, I don't hear anything. Go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I did. (laughs) <laughs> and and so she, so I went back to sleep. She said, Matthew, I hear some noise. I hear some noise. So I listened. I said, it's just the mice. We literally had mice running around our roof. Oh, on, wow. This is on Flatbush Avenue. We lived above our storefront, and uh-huh. it was a flat roof. It was a flat roofed uh, building. Mm-hmm. So I said, it's just the mice. Go back to sleep. So I did. And, then, <laughs> and so she got up the third time. She got up out of bed. She's listening. And she's hearing noise. She said, Matthew, get up or I'll get up. I was like, okay, okay, honey. (laughs) So I get up. I turn on the light. And I saw our television in the middle of the living room floor. Mm. And I said, not even a New York City mouse can be there. (laughs) And so I ran out. And there was a ladder in our apartment. Making a long story short, we had an internship who did a dumb thing, that door was barricaded shut, and he said, that barricade looks so ugly, let me take it off. Mm. And so there was direct oh. access into our apartment from the roof down that ladder. Oh my. Wow. And so that was the thief coming up and down the ladder <laughs> of our apartment. Oh, wow. And so when I ran out, literally his leg was, he was, had climbed up the ladder, <laughs> and I saw his leg, and I said, get out of here! You know? And um, wow. what was really scary, though, is... In the morning when I got up 
and I walked across the roof, there was li- a trail of stuff he dropped. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And one of the things he dropped was the cover of the oscillating fan. Uh-huh. And do you know where the rest of that fan was? It was on the dresser in my children's room. They were <gasps> ages two and three oh. at the time. And so that thief was oh. in the room of my children. Oh, wow. And literally my knees started shaking, you yeah. know. Wow. But I tell that story to say... I just wanted to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the attitude a lot of people have towards lost souls. Mm-hmm. Don't wake me up. Just uh, I'm in a spiritual slumber. Mm-hmm. Just leave me alone and let me sleep mm-hmm. while souls need Jesus Christ. So yeah. we need to have Paul's passion, don't we, yeah. for lost souls. Now we're here, we're here with the Stout Cups, and you guys are not originally from New York, so it's really Correct. great that you could join with us this evening. So there's a lot of negative attitudes that right. people have, and, and you reach, you, you find them, especially when you travel across the country preaching right. various churches. So what are some of the reasons that people refrain from coming to a place like New York City? And, and think about Paul's reasons in contrast to that. Does Paul have, some, uh, have those reasons? Mm. So who wants mm. to go first on this? Krista? Yes, yes. Um, Tim will have some things to follow up, but I think that is one of the biggest reasons we ever got asked isn't it scary like aren't you scared to move to new york city like that was one of the most common questions and people um like it's such a big city or but these were people missionaries planning to go to like the middle of africa or or some far out reaching island secluded from anything (laughs) else and i'm like I'm going to be in the biggest city in America, and you're telling me that it's scary for me to live yeah. here. It's all, it really is all perspective, because mm-hmm. I think True. the Lord definitely prepares you for what he's going to have you do. And yeah. yes, there are, there's scary things in the tiny little town we lived in in North Carolina. It's just all right. about trusting the Lord, and I think that's some of what Tim's going to mention, too. But he definitely prepares us for those negative things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and as the wife, I get asked often, do you feel safe? Like, you've been there for two years now. I do. We live in a very safe building a safe neighborhood i have my husband you know so anyway but the lord definitely i think you emphasize on the positive things when you have this like focus and burden that you're heading towards and like you're not looking at it's just the media it's a media created fear of many times right it really is because when we came to the city in the in the early 1980s there was an average of five homicides a day right so there was maybe something a little bit to be more concerned about (laughs) but when you guys honestly when you guys were preparing to come here crime was pretty low now it's going back up sad to say right but a lot of this fear is media created fear and plus the only thing people hear about new york city many times uh, out there you know wherever is when something bad happens you know it's true brother tim yeah right well, there there are a lot of stereotypes about the city, uh, everything from expenses, and, and it is more expensive to live here yeah. and, and yeah. getting our storefront for this, this uh, English school. There's, there are expenses, um, gangs, crime, violence, just the fast pace of everything to get used to all this. It's different than life in New York, than in life in North Carolina. Um, the, the noise factor, the, the sheer size of all of this, and... And, and I would say, though, that the scriptures tell us all throughout the book of Acts that Paul experienced the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, ga- there were yeah. gangs and crime and violence and, and, and all of these things. He experienced these things. 
I think, and, didn't Paul get, like, whipped in one city and thrown it, into jail? It, it, I mean, in more than one city. Didn't he get run out of, uh, yeah, more, more than one I mean, city. Okay. Yes, exactly. Right. And that hasn't happened to us. And, and you know what the amazing <laughs> thing is? After Paul had all these, like, after there was, he, he his ministry led to a riot in Ephesus. He's right. like, wow, now i got to go to Rome. I can't wait. I can't wait to what will happen there. Right. You know? Right, right, exactly. And and sure, are there some issues in the city? I mean, everything the the woke progressive liberal views on on life are different here than they were in North Carolina. Some things are different, and, and but but the whole difficulty and comes down to this: we can focus on the difficulties or the dangers of anything in life, or we can focus on the positives and the opportunities. And, right. and that's what Paul does here. He focuses right. on the fact that there are souls who need Christ. And we can right. focus on the fact that there's there's that sin and iniquity abounds here in New York City and run mm. from it. Or we could say sin and iniquity abound here in New York City. Let's come as the ambulance to bring this life-saving right. gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right. And, and and besides that, there are other positives that we can focus on. There's great things. There's great pizza, great possibilities, and great oh, people here in New yeah, York City. Oh, oh, you got the three Ps there. That's right. Not good parking, <laughs> but... Uh, oh, right. no. <laughs> Leave that True. one out. I had a hard time finding parking tonight, but praise God, I, I found one. But the pizza is really good my favorite mm-hmm. place right now is is right by madison square garden but i won't go further into that but micah yeah the city is a great place and mm-hmm. you weren't born or raised here no. but you came here from colorado and yeah. you're still committed to the yeah. city though i aren't came you? here 26 years ago and it's funny i think my dad has visited me two or three times in that in that <laughs> time my dad loves to travel he travels to alaska, alaska. Hawaii, he likes to go to alaska yeah. oklahoma washington dc but for some yeah. reason yeah. he dislikes new york but you know, there we are gotta get him some customers <laughs> in New York. <laughs> but there are, you know, there's a lot of negatives to living in the city. But as Tim and Kristen just mentioned, there's so many reasons to look at New York City as ripe for ministry. And mm. you know, that's a big part of the reason why all of us on this panel either came here or have stayed here. Right. Absolutely. Right. So why do you why do you see Paul have such a heart to to reach the city? Why did Paul see the city as so vital to the to the work of the gospel and to the growth of the church in that first century. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, in all seriousness, after he went to Ephesus, he was he was focused like a laser beam yeah. to get to Rome, mm-hmm. and 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 so that's why he's writing this letter. He plans to visit them. So, how why did Paul see the city as vital, and how why should we see this as well? Yeah, well, simply put, Rome was the capital of the world. You know, it was the center of political power, military power, cultural power for the Roman mm-hmm. Empire. Yeah, and it was an empire that had conquered the whole world, and it was the greatest that history had ever seen up until that point. And the Roman Empire, you know, it had spread across three continents, including the most strategic areas of Europe. Asia and Africa, and its population was over 85 million, which was a huge number in that day. Um, It was also an empire that was held tightly together by a vast infrastructure system, uh, relative peace, and a common language in Greek. And the Apostle Paul understood that since all roads led to Rome, Hmm. as they say, you know, the roads also led out of Rome. And he Mm -hmm. knew that if the gospel could make inroads into Mm -hmm. that most important city and could loose the strongholds of idolatry on its citizens, then the gospel would surely spread. Amen. That's that's a powerful statement. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Brother Tim? I was just go- going to add uh, right on, on top of that, uh, as you're saying, Brother Micah, New York City has possibilities of impacting the world as immigrants from every culture and right. language around the world can impact their friends and families back yeah. home with the gospel. Just this past week, a lady 
who speaks Guarani enrolled in our English school. Oh, and, wow. And, and who's heard of what? Guarani? What does she speak? Guarani. Yeah, I've never and, heard of it. Exactly. Yeah, right. But where else in America can we be a witness to someone who could get saved and then and then carry the gospel back to the Guarani people of right. Paraguay? Absolutely. Uh, what if people from Afghanistan, Iran, Saudi Arabia, etc., get saved and want to carry the gospel back to their home country? Mm-hmm. They would already know the language and culture. They, right. They'd be yeah. prepped, already ready to go. Yeah. Uh, a lady down in Raleigh, North Carolina, told me that her son at Clemson University pointed a friend to Christ. The friend was from Iran. He went back to Iran and was a witness there. Here in, in New York City, mm. this can happen time and again. And this is our mm. heartbeat. This is our mm. prayer that God will allow us to see churches planted uh, not just here in New York City, but around the world right. as people here come to know Christ and then go back to their their homelands. Absolutely. That's right. Paul sees the city almost as a vehicle itself. Mm-hmm. There weren't cars and things that moved, you know, in mass transit back mm-hmm. then, but yeah. but people move. Right. Yeah. And Paul saw the city as a vehicle through which that he could reach the world. And you can reach the world in the city, and then the world can break out of the city to go. And that, that's actually what happened in Ephesus mm-hmm. when Paul ministered in Ephesus for three years. It says powerfully in Acts 19 that, that all Asia mm. heard the word of the Lord Jesus because Ephesus was the Rome of Asia Minor. So the city is a place of movement and the gospel moving into the city can move out of the city. Hmm. So we want to look at at Paul's urban burden tonight and there's five specific attitudes or areas of burden that the Apostle Paul has. And I'm just going to list them real fast and we can walk through them. The first is thankfulness. The second is homesickness. The third is indebtedness. The fourth is readiness, and the fifth is boldness. So these are the five attitudes, attitudes of heart and passion Paul has. So the first is thankfulness, and we see that really clearly stated simply in verse 8. These are not deep points. They're right on the surface, I think, Mm. where Paul says, I thank my God for the people of Rome. So he had an attitude of thankfulness, didn't he, Mm. Uh, Tim, Kristen, Mm. as he expressed his thankful attitude towards the people of Rome? So... Could you share a bit of your uh, how Paul thanked God for the people of of Rome? Kristen, yeah, you could start us off. Yes, I think one of the main ways is that he was thankful that their faith was spoken of throughout the whole world, mm. and and the Second Corinthians verse in in chapter one verse three that says we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly in that charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth that getting our hearts on the people the love of the people it's such a big big thing i mean how many people are in new york city mm-hmm. like loving people is such a huge part of ministry because yeah. you can never run out of the people mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. we can minister to right. and love on and how, how many times do we hear of someone in ministry and we're like and then we meet them, and we're like, oh, I heard of you. Like, I heard of your ministry. You're doing such great things here, and vice versa. Like, we've met people that are like, oh, I, I met your friend over in this church in this other place. Yeah. Like, is our faith something worth being spoken of? You know, like, are we focused on ministering to people in a good yeah. way? You know? Mm-hmm. That is really interesting, and, and it's amazing to think, how, how could the faith of the people in Rome have been spoken of throughout the world hmm. and again in a day before internet and emails right. but word travels you know people talk Absolutely. and 
And so this city being so central and the capital of the world, as we've been saying, already was having an influence beyond its just its geographic region there mm-hmm. to the world. And the same thing actually is said of the church in Thessalonica. In First Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul says in verse 8, From you sounded out the word of the Lord, hmm. not only into Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad. Hmm. So there's two cities, and Thessalonica was a key city of that part of, of, of Greece as well. So he praised them. And that's the first reason why Paul is thankful for them, and he expresses that thanks with praise. So, Tim, what's another way Paul expresses his thanks for the people of, Thessal- uh, uh, for the people of Rome? Well, in verse 9, we read that he said, God is my witness that w- without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. And, and this is so true that Paul often speaks of prayer and thanksgiving interchangeably, and, and he spoke of the people of Rome that he prayed for them, and that he prayed mm. for them always in his prayers. He he constantly was mentioning them before the mm. throne of God. When we when when I personally am praying for other believers in our church and Heritage Baptist Church, or or when I'm praying for for missionaries, evangelists, preachers around the world, uh, when I'm praying for others, my heart is filled with gratefulness for them. Mm. And and conversely, I can say that that the opposite is true. If I am truly thankful for others, I will mm. make mention of them in my prayers. And, yeah. and if and when I'm not <laughs> making mention of people in my prayers, I must not be thankful yeah. for them. Yeah. So really, one of the ways to overcome a negative attitude towards mm. people around us, or maybe to the place. Maybe there's people under the sound of our voice right here tonight, living in New York. Maybe they grew up here, but maybe they I wish I could just get out of this mm. place, you know. Right. But maybe what you need to do is begin praying right. for this place right. and, and praying for God to give you those opportunities to share Christ with Amen. others. And then you could develop the right attitude, an attitude of gratitude. So, mm. Micah, what's a third reason that Paul expressed Thanks for the people of Rome. Yeah, well, I just thought about, um, you know, Paul so often he thanked God for the people that he was writing the letters to that he knew, the the people in the churches that he had spent time with. And then in this case, it was like he was thankful for the, the believers in Rome who he had never met. And I just thought that's such a good example to us because mm. we can be thankful for the believers that we never met. Like just at lunch, me and Tim were talking about um, yeah, we, we both follow, you know, the Voice of the Martyrs is one company. And there's a couple other com- com- companies that, you know, they send out magazines, they send right. out emails, and they just make you aware of the Christians around the world who are facing different things. Some right. of them are facing persecution. Sometimes there's issues with missions. But if we're thankful for them and we remember them in our prayers, I just think that's such a good example that Paul had left for mm-hmm. us to be thankful for the believers in the world, even the ones that we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Praise exactly. God. Be thankful, dear friends, in everything, give thanks, right? Mm. And that is an amazing thing that Paul was thankful for these, for these people in Rome. He had never met he them, never met, as he yeah. said them. Mm-hmm. And, and every place he went, he did write back. And he said, I thank God for you, even the Corinthian people. So being, having an attitude of gratitude toward other people doesn't mean that you have a perfect relationship with mm-hmm. them. Right. He yeah. had so, there were problems yeah. mm-hmm. that he had with some churches and people, especially in Corinthi- Corinth, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. But he was still thankful for them. That mm-hmm. was the foundation. And then he worked through the problems 
with right. that attitude of, of, and spirit of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's always the way to, to deal and work through problems. And Pastor, I find that, you know, we're thankful for our listeners because a lot yeah, of times absolutely. we're not necessarily even aware of them. Amen. And then all of a sudden on a Wednesday or maybe on a Sunday, they'll call in right. and they'll say, oh, we've been listening for a long time. Maybe they take notes. Maybe they've right. been listening to you, Pastor, for many, many years. Right. And we didn't even know about them. So we're yeah. just so thankful we for are. you, our listeners out there. And if you would like to give us a call to pray with us, share your burdens, share your prayer requests. You know, we can pray for your unsaved family. We would be happy to do that. Give us a call tonight at 929-333-3739. That's a great reminder, Micah, that we are thankful for our listeners. Mm -hmm. And we're thankful also when they tell somebody else about our program. (laughs) Maybe they can invite somebody else, or, or maybe they could visit our church. Or maybe you could just call in right now. Maybe you're struggling in urban life. Maybe you've gone through some trial recently. Maybe you have a noisy neighbor. Maybe you have just some kind of difficulty that you're, that you're going through. You've lost a job. Maybe it's a, a health issue. Give us a call. We'd love to pray for you that God would give you strength and power of his Holy Spirit. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And the second attitude, not only an attitude of thankfulness, But a second one I call homesickness. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And this is also cool. He was thankful for a people he had never seen. Hmm. And he was homesick for a place he had never been. Mm -hmm. And so he says literally in verse 10, I long to see you. Actually, verse 11. I long to see you. I, I, I just have to see you. And he has this same longing for heaven itself mm. in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 2 he has the same this same longing mm. for the word of god a, a longing for scripture for the word of god that's the kind of longing homesickness that paul has for rome mm-hmm. so micah what are some of the reasons here what, what was the first reason we're going to look at some of the reasons for paul's homesickness the first reason is in verses 10 and 11 And what is the reason here that Paul wanted to be with the believers of Rome? And what does this show us about his attitude? Mm -hmm. Well, Paul says in verse 11 that he wanted to impart unto them some spiritual gift. That is, he longed to minister to them in the gifts that God had given him. So gifts such as evangelism, teaching, exhortation, knowledge, and leading. And his example would spur the Roman believers on in serving Jesus Christ in their own areas of giftedness. So Mm -hmm. to put it sort of in a modern context, how many great pastors that we know of were motivated to preach because they sat under some other great shepherd? Or how many Sunday school teachers had wonderful teachers when they were young? So God uses the one to inspire the next, and Paul understood this concept. Paul also said he wanted to edify the believers in Rome and establish them in the gospel. They certainly had the gospel, but remember, everything was brand new at this point. So Paul wanted them established in sound doctrine, and through his ministry to them, they would be strengthened in Christ and rooted further in him. So these verses, they also indicate that no apostle, not even Peter, had yet been to Rome. So just think about it. Rome was so far from Jerusalem, a world away from Israel, and they had no direct influence from the apostles. So for all these reasons, Paul felt a longing to go to Rome. Yeah, and that is such an important point to make where Paul says again that he wanted to impart a spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Mm. We don't know how this church at Rome started, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we do know that Peter had not been there yet. 
Peter never was in Rome for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. probably just toward the end of his life. He was martyred. Most would say he was martyred in Rome, but he was not in Rome for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And Paul here says, to the end you may be established. If Peter had been there and established the church, that would have been a real knock Mm. at Peter's authority. And it would have shown not unity between Peter and Paul, but like a competition Mm -hmm. between them. And there was no competition between the apostles. And so, yes, not even Peter had yet gone to Rome when Paul writes this. I just want to make one other quick point. And I, I skipped over it in my question. But, and we mentioned it last week, but I want to underline it again, where Paul's prayer just did not get answered. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be flat out straight up yeah. with this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He says that I might have, he says, make requ- making requests. One of his prayer requests is that he would have a prosperous journey. Now, the irony is, is we don't get all our prayers answered <laughs> the way, way we want them answered. Right. And, you know, Paul didn't have a prosperous journey. He was, he was shackled. He was soggy from a, a incredible, you know, shipwreck right. situation, and then he got snake bit. So mm-hmm. he was snake bit, shackled, and soggy. <laughs> not pro- that's not prosperous, <laughs> man. Yeah, that's no. like that's like hanging on, you know, to a, <laughs> a broken thread. board. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. <what> he, <laughs> but he made it. He yeah. made it to Rome hmm. in God's way, in God's yeah. time. And we hmm. pr- we've prospered from his journey and hearing about yeah. his trials right. because when we go through trials, it encourages us. Well, at least I wasn't in a shipwreck. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Kristen, if we could uh, go to verse 12 here, what blessing in verse 12 does Paul look forward to receiving? He wanted to give and mm-hmm. establish, but he looks forward to receiving something through ministry mm-hmm. in Rome. Mm-hmm. Verse 12 says that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. There's something special about being with other believers. And I think you've mentioned this, was it last Sunday maybe, Pastor, about meeting someone you'd never met before. And when you found out he was a believer, there was an instant connection. Yeah. I mean, that has happened to us over and over again, mm-hmm, traveling right. all over as much as we have. Mm-hmm. And it's just a special bond and connection. But you also think about like when you have to miss church because you're out of town, you're not with your own church here in New York or like, you know, sick home with the kids or whatever. You just, there's something missing when you're not with other believers and being in the church is, is, you, you get that encouragement you need, like an extra boost of encouragement for the week, not just from the word. Obviously, that's a yeah. huge part of it. But if you were just by yourself, I mean, three years ago, we all were in our homes constantly mm-hmm. and not together in person. There's yeah. just something different about being together with believers. And I think that's a big part of what he's talking about here. One of the reasons why, I mean, the, the, that I just love being in the city and doing ministry here is the people. Right. And I'll never forget sitting, I can just picture myself, I was sitting in my car, I was on Flatbush Avenue outside the church, the first church we had started, and I had turned the church over to a, the next pastor, and I had helped him move into the place where I lived, mm. you know, and I was going to drive away from mm. like the last time. Mm. And I just broke down, you yeah. know, in tears. Yeah. And just as all of the, the memories, the memories just sure, flooded my mind sure. of, of all mm-hmm. the people. And I was like, Lord, help me to start another church, you know, because I wasn't done in New York. We just really were starting. We had started church and turned it over. We wanted to do it again. Right. Ministry with people. It's mm-hmm. a blessing. Mm-hmm. And people are a blessing to us. Amen. They are a constant blessing. Our people in our church now, they're so loving and giving and encouraging to me personally mm-hmm. and all throughout the years. So, Brother Tim, 
What's a third reason that Paul longed to visit Rome and he was homesick there, focusing especially in verse 13? What does verse 13 tell us about Paul's homesickness? Absolutely. I love how we can get our list of things straight from the word. Verse 13, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, Mm. even as as among other Gentiles. He wanted fruit, and and he's speaking here in in the context of the gospel, that, that he wanted to see souls saved. And Paul knew that in Rome there were many people, there were souls who would be saved. He knew that the gospel was great. There was fruit to be found in Rome just as he saw fruit in in the salvation of other souls in other cities like Corinth, Thessalonica, and Ephesus. I personally have seen ever since we have moved to the city uh, opportunities to share the gospel with countless people. Mm -hmm. In fact, even just this past December, I was with a few other independent Baptist preachers in in a subway station in Queens and was down we were down down in, in the subway station by the Queens Mall sharing some gospel mm. tracks and and Christmas caroling and uh, one one young man named Andy stopped to listen and he took a gospel tract and and a and um and a bible from one of the other preachers and then before he left I asked him if he had ever heard what Christmas is all about and he listened to an explanation of his sinfulness and, and of what the Bible says about why Christ came to earth at Christmas and, and how that he died to take away our sin by his death and resurrection. And he said he had never invited Christ to take away his sin and, and to give him new life. Mm-hmm. And that afternoon, Andy knelt down right there in the subway station floor and, and he confessed his sinfulness to God. Wow. He believed that Christ died for him and Andy was born again. Mm-hmm. This Obviously, uh, Pastor, you mentioned track ministry, and this doesn't happen every time we're out <laughs> passing out tracks for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this is the reason that we've come uh, mm-hmm. here to New York City. There are other Andes out there Amen. Right. who need Christ. There are souls who need to be saved. This is why we're here, uh, to carry the gospel to, to this lost city. Absolutely. Hmm. Praise God. Sharing the gospel with people and seeing lives changed. It's amazing. I remember we, we just left a, a brochure at a lady's house one day. And then she called me. She said, oh, she's going to come to church. So this was when I was in Queens. We had a storefront church. So I was literally standing outside the door and before the service. And then I saw a lady drive by real slow, look kind of confused. <laughs> so I, I went across the street, and I, and it was this lady who had called me. I said, mm. oh, yeah, I'm the pastor. We're going to start the service in just a few minutes. Come on in. And she never came in. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> she never came in. I'm like, did I offend her? What did I say? You know, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so... Mm. But I had her address from when she had called me. <laughs> so the next night, Monday night, I, I went to her house. Yeah. And she invited me. She said, oh, pastor, come on in, you know. <laughs> and her name was Ina. She was originally from Jamaica, living there in, in Rosedale, Queens. And I sat at her kitchen table and I said, Ina, um, where did you go? Hmm. And she said, pastor, where did you go? <laughs> you see, there was another church right next to ours, <laughs> and she went into the other church. So now I'm like, oh, no, I hope she didn't like that church. But I asked her, I said, Ina, did you like that church? She said, no, I was trying to get out, but they sat me in the front row, and I, I felt like I couldn't leave. I'm going to come to your church next week, you know? 
And oh, anyway, make a long funny. story short, Ina became such a sweet, godly, mm. faithful, giving member. I mean, she would do stuff like ring my bell, you know, Saturday morning on her way. She was a nurse coming home, ring my bell and give me like a bag of bagels and <laughs> I mean, a watch. I mean, I, I, I like one Sunday I did my watch broke or something. She, she bought me a watch. I mean, it was just wow. unbelievable. So wow. giving. Mm. She's with the Lord now. Mm. She's with Jesus. Praise God. Mm. So let's continue going on here. The third reason that Paul has a thankful heart and a, the right attitude, the right urban burden, not only thankfulness and, and not only a homesickness attitude, but indebtedness. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, let's talk about this. And here are the three. They're really famous. You know, these are very well-known verses. Mm -hmm. I am debtor. Mm -hmm. I am ready. I am not ashamed. These three I am statements of Paul in Romans chapter 1. The first one, I am a debtor. So how does Paul express his burden in saying, I am a debtor? And what is exactly do you, th do you think that means? Well, Pastor, we heard a sermon preached just last week on these three I am statements of Paul yeah. in Romans 1 given by Pastor Macaulay of Grenada. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fresh in my mind. And I'll read verse 14 again. It says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Now, I admit I'm used to the concept that we are indebted to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the ultimate sacrifice he made for us. That makes perfect sense. But it's somewhat surprising to me that Paul says that we are also indebted mm. to his fellow man. And, and in turn, so, so are we. You know, usually when someone pays a debt to society, it means yeah. that they're serving prison time. But <laughs> Paul is saying that we Christians owe a debt to society, and it's to share the gospel with them because the gospel has been shared with us, and we have been saved. So we owe it to our friends and our neighbors and our families and our coworkers to share the gospel with them. And just in case we are unclear who we are indebted to, Paul uses that catch-all phrase. He says, to the wise and the unwise, meaning we owe it to everyone. We owe mm. the gospel to everyone. And New York City is full of the wise and the unwise. Yeah, and many people, obviously, when we hear the word debt, that word carries more of a negative connotation, wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, where am I going to get this money? Or if they have credit card debt, that's obviously a kind of a negative sense or a negative uh, experience. But this is the po a positive debt mm -hmm. because this debt means actually you're rich mm -hmm. and you have something to give to those who are poor. And so this is a debt that you actually have what you need to pay it off. Mm. Praise God. <laughs> and more than, more, right. you have more than enough. Mm -hmm. So this is a debt we pay out of our riches to mm. those who are bankrupt. Mm. And the riches, of course, is Jesus Christ Amen. and his unsearchable riches. Mm. I am a debtor. And dear friends, we want to encourage you to call right now. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you need Jesus. We want to hear from you at 929-333-3739. Maybe you need prayer about something you're going through. Give us a call. Maybe you just want us to pray for a lost person that you do feel a sense of indebtedness to share the gospel with. Maybe we could pray with you for that person. Maybe it's a coworker, family member, or friend. Give us a call right now, and we would love to be able to pray with you and an opportunity for God to open up that opportunity for you to give the gospel to somebody. Give us a call. We're going to go to a song mm -hmm. at 929-333-3739. And this is a beautiful song. Going to bless you about going on to heaven 
and that's what we want for you to have eternal life and we want that for your friends as well so give us a call right now 929-333-3739 Trust your homeward bound, dear friends, as well to glory in heaven. So let's get right into our passage. We're in Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 8 down through verse 17 tonight. And we're talking about the three I am statements. Paul says, I am dead or secondly, Christian. Paul says, I am ready. There's a spirit of readiness. That's his burden, his uh, urban attitude, readiness. So Kristen, how does Paul describe his sense of readiness to go to Rome? Yes, this next one, ready to preach, which I find ironic because I'm the only lady in this room. (laughs) (laughs) But I have had the opportunity to share with ladies groups before and teaching children and all that. But 
I have the opportunity to yeah. watch other people. But um, Paul mentions because of his past experiences and successes, you know, that he's ready to preach. And you mention the root word ready, literally meaning like a boiling up. I looked it up to see a little further, like literally a, a boiling up, like under ready to yeah. burst up and out, almost like mm-hmm. a geyser. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just building up and then all of a sudden it just goes out. And mm-hmm. And I think... Every man in this room here, all three of you, have a unique way of showing that, too. Just like there's – Pastor, you're a perfect example of this. Like even today, you're practically jumping up and down on the – just excited, really? no. sharing. And there's been times after Tim has been prepared and ready to preach, yeah. he's like, woo-wee, I am ready to the, like, the you know. The Word of God gets in your heart is, and burns. right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Micah, too. Absolutely. Like the – Anyway, I can just imagine Paul's face having this smile and excitement. Like, I am ready to share what I've been learning and preaching. Like, that readiness of of being able to just yeah. up and out, you know, yeah. share that burden. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Paul is ready. Micah? Well, I just think that even after his three missionary journeys, you know, decades of service, it's amazing that Paul was still burning with this kind of passion to right. preach. You know, it wasn't anything new to him. He'd been doing it for such a long time and you know he was just so on fire and it's it's so inspiring for us Mm -hmm. you know each one of us has served for a certain amount of time obviously pastor for quite a while but you know the the flame has not gone out certainly in you pastor and we all appreciate it and that's why we attend your church yeah absolutely our church yeah paul was boiling with eagerness as you said ready to make a sacrifice to get the gospel so we're looking at the five urban attitudes that really frame Paul's burden for Rome tonight, dear friends. He had a readiness, and then we see he has a boldness, Tim. That's the fifth one where he says, I am not ashamed. So what does Paul say about this in re- reference to his urban attitude? I am not ashamed. Right. So, so he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And and he's he is not ashamed of the gospel there there is no apologizing for the gospel no denying it no soft Amen. selling it no mm. compromising it we cannot make the gospel one among many beliefs That's jesus right. christ is the only way and and we are here in new york city largely because we have a burden for for the fact that there are Almost half a million Muslims in this city that need Jesus Christ, yeah. and many Amen. of them just just want to say that we all believe the same things, and especially here in America, the the Muslims want to say we, we're all on the same page, believe the same things, but the Muslims do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross, and that He rose again, and and, and this is the gospel itself. So we cannot compromise it. We cannot uh, we, we we cannot just make it one out of many beliefs. We will not be embarrassed by the gospel. There's there's no no backing up, no packing up, no slacking up. Yeah. <laughs> We're focused Amen. on the gospel, yeah. not ashamed. And, you know, you just think about it. Paul is writing to up to that point in human history, probably the most powerful empire that the world had known to that point, right. at least comparable to, to others, if not more powerful. And yet Paul's saying the power of the gospel is greater right. than any other power. So we're going to go to a caller. Anita, thank you for calling, and you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversation program. Well, good evening, Pastor Matt. We go way back. Oh, Sister Anita, Anita, God bless you. Yes, thank yes. you for calling. So nice to hear too. from you. Oh, it's nice to always hear from you. But, Pastor, I just want to give thanks to the Lord for your radio program. That's 
we met. You, Sister Debbie, met me decades ago from the radio to visiting Heritage, and I haven't visited but twice since the pandemic, so I'm quite overdue. <laughs> well, that's okay, Anita. It is just nice to hear your voice again, and I'm glad you're doing well, and you're still out there listening and loving Jesus, and keep on following him as his disciple, hmm. and praise God. Thank Amen. you, Anita, for your kind praise words. God. But, but I just want to say one more thing. I'm surprised you recognize my voice. Before it dissipates, I would love you to give a prayer for my up-and-coming surgery on my esophagus this uh, this week coming, and that's another reason why I'm calling. Okay. Uh, you prayed so wonderfully years ago when I was going through uh, cancer, and God saved me from that, and I know he will save me from this. So I would love for you to pray for me, Pastor. Okay, Anita, I will do that. Yes, Lord God, thank you for Anita as she has this surgery this week on her esophagus, as her voice does sound so beautiful and sweet, but I do sense the weakness as well, Lord. So we pray that as she goes through the surgery, you'll give the doctor skill and direction in each movement of their hands and fingers to do exactly what needs to be done upon her esophagus so that there could be perfect healing Mm -hmm. and recovery for Anita and for her voice. Take away all pain and give her your peace and your healing. Touch, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Attitude with gratitude. I love the password. Amen. Thank you, Anita. God bless you. Thank you for calling. And let us know how the surgery comes out, okay? I will. And I'll visit very soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Okay. So... That was so sweet to hear from Anita. As we close our program tonight, Paul says in verse 17, for therein, that is in the gospel, is God's righteousness revealed. So let's just hit real quick. We just have a few moments. But Tim, what does the gospel provide for us? Well, it gives us power. Uh, it, it is the power of God unto salvation. And there's, there's both the power to proclaim the gospel uh, the, the the this word power is is the idea of it's the Greek word dunamos, which etymologically gives us our word dynamite, the mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. The Muslims may say Allahu Akbar, which is that their God is greater. The atheists may say their religion of evolution is truly scientific and provable, uh, but but we have power through uh, through Jesus Christ. All power is given to us. Michael, last word. What does the gospel reveal to us? Well, it reveals our sin. You know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was necessary for a reason. It's because we've all sinned and come short yeah. of the glory of God. But Amen. thank the Lord that we are worthy of his nail scars and worthy of his shed blood. So we just praise God for everything he's done for us. Amen. Amen. Yes. Dear friends, there is power in the gospel to deliver us from sin's enslaving power. Amen. Jesus lived the life we should have lived. And then he died the death, however, we should have died. And he rose again. So call upon him, and whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God bless you tonight. And Anita, you're going to go through that surgery. God's going to be with you. Good night. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another 